Welcome back, friends and neighbors, to the Monster Ate the Pilot Podcast, podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It's Monday in the music room. We're back at it again. Never gonna stop, except when I feel like it, like I did last week. But whatever, man, it's the best podcast that has, features Brandon in it. Yeah, I think I can confidently say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the music room. I am your host, Brandon. This is Monster the Pilot Podcast that I host and do stuff with. It's Monday where I talk about life in general. You know, it's the holiday season. Isn't it so wonderful? I got to set up a tree that I have no room for. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. And I'm glad you're here to enjoy it with me. Uh, I took last week off, but whatever. Whatever, man. We're going to have a fun show tonight. I've got not one. Not two, not three, but four songs to talk about tonight. Yeah, that's right. We're bringing back four songs. We're not going to listen to them. We're going to talk about them. I went back and listened to some early episodes of the podcast just to see how far things have come, mostly in audio quality and just what I was doing at the beginning. And I kind of liked the way I was doing the songs back then because it led me off on the tangents about other things, which everything leads me off to a tangent. If you've listened to this show, Brandon's a freaking tangent monster. Like, I just go on tangents about nothing that relate to anything that I'm usually talking about. By the end, it makes no sense, just like this tangent I'm on right now. It's a great time. It's a great, wonderful time. So we're going to talk about some songs that I really like this week, listening to them quite a bit. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's going to be a great show. Also got two more episodes of The Lost Rewatch to talk about. Season 6, Lighthouse, and Sundown. It's going to be a good time. I enjoy these episodes, and we're going to talk about them and my other problems with them, because there are problems, because late season lost is always some problems, usually involved somewhere. And I'm just going to talk about time of year. It's that time of year, man. It's the time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It used to be, at least. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So if you like what you've heard, you spread the good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster 8, the pilot. You can watch the video on Spotify if you're so inclined to. I'll be back uh, Thursday this week with a great sports episode. Make sure you check that out if you're a sports fan. If you're not, you don't really have to listen to it. It's not that big a deal. I don't hold it against you. I don't hold it against you. I'll never hold it against you, I guess. I don't know. What am I talking about? Who cares? Anyways, what's up? Yeah. Yeah, man. I took last week off. I took last week off because there was just so much going on. I hung out with a buddy last Sunday. I'm like, man, I still got to watch Lost, and I still got to do the podcast. I still got to get packed. I still got to make sure I got everything ready for when I go to Jake's. I got to do so much stuff. I'm like, you know what? We're going to take the week off because it's holiday season. It's the it's the Thanksgiving stuff. Getting ready for it. I'm like, I'll just take the week off. There was not going to be sports episode last week, so I didn't have to care. I'm like, you know what? We'll just give a whole week, and we'll jump right back into it on the 26th or whatever the day is. It is 26th. Wow, Brandon picked that one out. Great. Thumbs up. Brandon knows the days. Or the date. Whatever. I took some notes this week. Mostly just about what songs are what. Because I probably would have forgot the songs. (laughs) No, I took the last week off. I hope I didn't ruin anybody's week last week. uh, By not getting to hear my sultry vocal cords here. Or my sultry pipes. Or whatever they call these things. Uh, This voice of mine. woke up with a really bad sore throat this morning. I thought I was dead. Then it went away. But it's still kind of there. So I'm probably dying. Or it's probably COVID. Who fucking knows, man? It won't be as bad as life. Remember, we had the video the last time I had COVID. Yeah, there, there's an episode of me having COVID. Um, God, that's still pretty early days of the podcast. Can't even remember what episode that was. That was way early. It was like a surprise episode because I was sick and at home and I had nothing else to do. And I sounded like a fucking mess, man. 
<laughs> oh, wasn't there another episode two where I sound like shit not too long ago? Uh, there it goes. I was trying not to curse. So that's the first time I recognized myself cursing. I'm trying not to. I'm going to try and cut it back, guys. We're going to make a concerted effort to. We're going to make a real effort to try not to curse as much in this podcast. Maybe I'll bring my mother back to listening to the show if I don't say the F word so much. Uh, but sometimes it's going to fly. You're just going to have to accept that. Brandon is, uh, you know, I think I'm also like, I'm like really good at cursing. I'm really good at it. Like, I don't think most, my, most people curse, but I think I curse efficiently. Maybe not efficiently. I use it so much. It can't be efficient. I think effectively. I think I really drive home my points when I drop some F-bombs. I think I'm really good at it. It's one of the few things that Brandon's really confident of being good at and saying words he shouldn't be saying. That's what this whole podcast is, is Brandon saying things he shouldn't say. But, you know, this is why you're here. This is why everybody's here. Everybody's here to listen to me. I'm going to get myself all wrapped up in my cord here, my headphone cord, but whatever. If I keep my hand, I can spin. See? Hold on. If you're watching the video, you're watching Brandon being really goofy right now. And something got into his head, and he's like, let's do it. Oh my god, I've got wires everywhere. Oh my god. This is a disaster. I'm not doing it now. Now it's wrapped up in the mic cord. This is this is weird. This is the show. This is Brandon. This is Monster 8 the Pilot. This is the best podcast that features Brandon. I think I said that. Did I say that already? I may have said that once or twice. Maybe a few times. I just spun around again. Huh. This is... Brandon surprises himself a lot of the time. Like, there's things, I do a lot of things that even surprise me. So, like, you know, if I'm ever with you and you're like, man, Brandon's is so spontaneous. I'm so spontaneous, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, you know, I, I just literally just did, like, two spin moves here. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. It just happened. Like, I got halfway through the spin. I'm like, yeah, I'm spinning again. Yeah, this is a show. This is the show. It's a weird show. <laughs> it's a very odd show that I do. It's a very weird thing. I think uh, some say, I, I don't know if my... Therapist is allowed to watch this, but if she did, I think she'd be far more concerned about me. So, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, huh? See, I have no idea why I just did that voice. It's stupid. <sighs> Brandon's mind is blowing up right now. Ten billion ideas are going in his head, out of his head at the same time. Did ketamine last week. Uh, almost had a bad trip, but I worked my way through it, which was really cool. Um... Jake said I moved my hands way more than usual this time. So that's uh, it's interesting. Not sure why, but I did. I don't know, man. He said I was just like moving. It was weird. It's like, man, it's just whatever, dude. I'm just tripping balls, bro. <laughs> oh, where do we begin, man? Where do we begin? By the way, in that whole weird tangent that I was just on, um, something popped in my head about what I want to talk about, and I already forgot what that was supposed to be. So... <laughs> The curse of Brandon has struck again. Oh, wow. I got to focus. I got to get focused, guys. Sorry. Wear my Carly Rae Jespin shirt because call me maybe. Um, what was it? I completely forgot, man. Completely forgot. Oh, I remember now. It's not that big a deal. This is Brandon being stupid. I finally, I know we've, we've had this whole saga with this laptop that I've got that I work on the podcast with about how much I hate the freaking thing and how I want to throw it out a window because the mouse never works. It's garbage. It's processing is not great uh, for what I want to do with it. It's, I guess it's a fine one. 
the mouse is the biggest problem if I just want to use it for stuff. But like to do the podcast on, it's not the greatest. Like it doesn't process fast enough. It doesn't have a high powered processor or whatever they want to fucking call it. I don't know anything about computers really that much. I know how to fix them somehow, but I don't know that much about them. But yeah, I ordered myself a new one. And, uh, oh, I'm going to screw myself a nice $2,000 one. It's going to be fine. I'll get a like, nice little $2,000 laptop, you know, one with a really good processor, really could do some, like, uh, creative work on, maybe one that you'd even get, like, a pen and, like, mark stuff, and I could do more things artistically. <sighs> Brandon put $4,000 into a new gaming desktop. Because why? I don't know why. Because Brandon's so bad with money. That's what it is. Brandon's just kind of done with his money. He's very dumb. But at the same time, it's just me, you know? I just paid off, like, a credit card. Like, I had the money in the bank. I'm like, why don't I just pay this whole thing off? So I did. And then I immediately put, like, $500 back on that credit card. <laughs> and it's the holiday season, so that means you're going to be putting more money on the credit card. Which, I mean, guess works. But at the same time, it's like, uh, you know? Paid off just to immediately throw the debt right back on it. Whatever, man. Whatever. Now that computer will be here in a couple weeks. I'll eventually move that laptop that you can't see that I'm pointing at. Uh, I'll move that over here, do that. That's got a really great processing. That was like my gaming laptop, but I decided to upgrade that. And I'm going to do that here. Hopefully, I think it's a heavy, heavy laptop that it works on the stand here. You know, it's also bigger. You get more screen. I actually won't get more screen because it's a camera. Brandon is so... I am, like, really not focused tonight. Wow, man. One week off, and Brandon's lost all focus. He's so excited to get back to talking to everybody. All, like, two dozen of you. Dozens of people that are listening. <laughs> oh, man. But, no, I had a good uh, I had good Thanksgiving. Um, I had some stuff I don't like about it, which is always just work. I got to work, like, Black Friday, like, 12 hours and stuff like that. And Saturday of Ohio State, Michigan for 12 hours. Because that makes sense. Um, but so like, I always have to cut like, uh, Thanksgiving short. I have to leave early every time. It's like, you know, I can't stay kind of late. It's like four o'clock. I'm like, Hey, I probably gotta get going so I can get home. And then, you know, so I can settle in and go to bed because I've got to be up at like six o'clock in the morning, you know? <laughs> so it's just, uh, sucks. Stupid. But no, I got to see a few friends who I see. I went and saw Dave. He's doing pretty well as he recovers. He's uh, making his way downtown, you know, Nessa Carlton style. Uh, I need to talk to him about that Chad Smith thing on that. Like, It's like a YouTube channel where they take drummers and they play them a song with the drums taken out. Then they get to create their own drum parts for it. And he did that 30 Seconds to Mars song, The Kill. You've probably seen this if you're on like anything with Reels or TikTok or whatever. And he like nails it, like weirdly perfect. Like he plays basically the same thing. Obviously, there's a little bit difference here and there, but I was like, man, it's so weird how like close he is to like what that original song is. And I don't really, I don't like Thirty Seconds to Mars. Uh, the Kills a fine song. I thought from yesterday was kind of good, but the rest of it's kind of garbage. Um, but I always thought Shannon Leto, who's the uh, drummer, I always thought he was a really good drummer. Like you know, I think he might kind of do too much sometimes. Like hey, you don't have to do all that all the fucking time. <laughs> like you know, just calm it down a little bit. But no, he's like, because he is a good drummer, technically. I mean, he and he does create some really cool sounds, like the way he drums, keeps more rhythms, but also kind of has this real cool flair about him. But yeah, 
It made me want to listen to that song, though, like just how good Chad Smith from Red Hot Chili Peppers played it. I mean, to talk to Dave about that, but I didn't. Why? Because I don't know. We were talking about other things, like Creed and uh, Haley, and how stupid Haley is. <laughs> Gotta. I'd visit him twice. Haley's visiting zero times. Everybody else is visiting like one time. I'm over here visiting him twice. No big freaking deal. Hey, caught that one. Oh. No, it was a good time. I also got to see old LL Cool K. Got to see my old friend Anna, who I hadn't seen for quite a while since I lived on Summit Street, probably. Um, Anna told me she's turning 30 this year. I'm like, what? No, no, you're not. No, you're not. I met her when she was 19. I've known her for a decade. Stupid. But it was good. It was good to see her. Talk to her. Talk to other couple people. Talk to old Jason. Talk to Lindsay. Talk to Corey. Talk to other people. Try to stop in the Steins. They're carding. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm only here to say what's up and get out. But you know, it's wild. Stupid, man. But it was a good time. It's good to see people. Got to go to Hocking or outside Hocking Hills and eat. I'm not a big fan of turkey. I don't like turkey. And I'm not a big fan of ham. I love stuffing. Like, you know, but really, I don't care that much about Thanksgiving food and the whole thing about it. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Gotta eat yourself into a coma. I don't care. I'm not going to do that. Don't need to do that. Need to lose some goddamn weight. Sorry. Um, But I need to. I need to start really doing this stuff. I need to start. I got that. I I was doing pretty solidly. And um, I need to do an integration session with um, Mind Bloom. And I need to do. We talked about in therapy about like kind of completely falling off task. Now, obviously there's like a decent reason for why you fall off task at the holidays because there's just so much to do. Especially, like, me, like, traveling as much as I have to travel for, like, that stuff. And then, like, you know, not being able to stay on a meal prep for Thanksgiving Day. It's tough. Like, you know, and just right around that time. Because there's just so much going on everywhere. You Like, everywhere you got to do something. And you got to get here. You got to get there. You got to move here. Move there. You got to get this done, that done. It's just, like, it's very hard to keep, like, a kind of... What I've been trying to do is kind of keep more of a controlled schedule. And I've really fallen off that in the past week. And just like everything, once you kind of fall off it one day, it's really hard to jump back into it. I remember way back in college, I was in the gym like every single day. I talked about the gym, got COVID, didn't go back. But like then I was doing the gym like every day, like 11 o'clock, go in the gym. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every single week. I mean, I wasn't out there getting gains and getting all shredded and swole, bro. But I was working out. I was doing decent. And then like it was like I came in. um January, and obviously everybody does their New Year's resolution of January, going to the gym, man. So I come in and the place is packed. I can't get to the machines I usually do. I'm like, eh, you know, I'll give it two weeks. I'll take two weeks off because most of these people will clear out in two weeks and I'll be back. And then it took me 10 years to go back to the gym. <laughs> now we're on like year three of like not going to the gym. So, you know, I've got to get back. I got to start doing something. I got to be like, with the weather too, like trying to make all these changes with the weather going the way it does when it gets really cold, especially today it was cold and rainy. It's like, do I really want to go out for a walk? Especially when I woke up with a sore throat and wasn't feeling great. Like, do I want to go out there and risk pneumonia? Do I want to go out there and risk like getting sick and having to miss work or miss like whatever else is going on in my life? Like tomorrow I'm going to the Bruins Blue Jackets game because old Luke Lilly hit me up. He's like, hey man, you want tickets? I'm like, yeah, dog. Give me those tickets, dog. And I got those tickets, dog. Um, yeah, so it's like, you know, risk-reward. I need to get this freaking, the, the the one machine I bought that I used for like all of like five minutes, the little like kind of 
portable stairmaster type thing. I can't remember what it's called, QB or something. Take that to work. I'm at work for 10 hours a day. Why can't I just do that for like 15 to 20 minutes every single day? Or like do like 15, 20 minutes in the morning, 15, 20 minutes in the afternoon. Like, you know, just do it. Like, I'm just sitting there working on the computer anyway. All I have to do is have it underneath my desk. I can just say whoop, 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 whoop. Doesn't make that exact sound. It's close. But, you know, I don't know. I've got to, you know, got to get back into flow. Like, I was doing a pretty good job, and then I kind of fell off the flow. So I need to get back into it and get meal prep back up, get everything back going again, kind of. I let, obviously, the holiday get on top of me and be like, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that. I need to. I need to let that shit be worrying. I need to do that stuff. I need to have my planned day. Like, okay, for 10 minutes, we're going to read today. 10 minutes, we're going to write today. 10 minutes, we're going to do this today. You know what I mean? Whatever. I have written almost a completely new song. Brandon's become a prolific writer. I am writing a lot. I almost wrote a whole new song today. So cool. Good for Brandon. No. But I did do ketamine last week. It was fun. It was intense, but a short intensity. I talked about the first one being very intense. I think it's because I swallowed some. But the second one not being super intense. The third one, pretty intense, but it didn't last very long. I came out of about 10 minutes before the 60 minutes was up. I'm like, huh. I felt pretty pretty good when I came out of it. I just look over and Jake's like, you good? I'm like, yeah, bro. I'm feeling good. And then we had some ribs, dude. And they were good ribs, man. Mm. Oh, man. But it was, it was a good thing. Got to work on a few things. And like seeing myself kind of, you know, what I need to kind of achieve. I need to achieve goals for myself. I got back there. You know, the big changes happen in small increments. Little things will make the big difference. That's all I got to focus on. These little things like, oh, just pick this up right now and then pick that up right now and take care of that right now. And then over time, if I'm doing those little things as it's happening, the big changes will just follow, man. This is not anything new, but it's, Still feels like I'm mountain sometimes to do the littlest thing. So, whatever. You know? But it's still good. Still good. Let's get into the songs of the week, man. Let's get into these songs. Um, I went back and listened to a couple things. I think I was talking about this earlier. Did I talk about this earlier? I have no idea. I started this episode, then realized like four minutes in, I had nothing prepared, like ready for it. I'm like, well, crap. I can't have like three minutes of dead air as I get everything brought up. <laughs> no, but I was listening to early episodes. I went back and listened to a couple early things to see how big the difference was. And um, the big difference, like when I talk about music, then it sent me off on tangents. I did talk about this because I went on a tangent thing about tangents. Yeah. This is Brandon's memory. Dude, I've got to get focused up. I got to get focused up or I need a lobotomy. Right? That's what I need. <laughs> I need a crazy, crazy, like, surgery stop my brain from doing anything i can just be uh what is it not not a coma i'd be a vegetable for the rest of my life like one of the kennedys it's wild that they used to do that i saw somebody defending lobotomies like it's better than nothing is it is it better than nothing i don't think so i don't think it's better than nothing i think it's worse you're literally shutting a person off and they're like irreversible it's one thing if they could reverse that and everything's fine. It's like, oh, well, yeah, that, that we found a better treatment. We don't have to do this anymore. It's like almost like treating cancer, like doing chemotherapy, which is very, very difficult on people, which, you know, makes people violently sick. That's why people lose hair. That's why people, you know, lose all that weight. 
but it's like it can be effective against cancer. But then it'd be like doing that and then finding out there's this one thing that's 100% like perfect for cancer. And then like, okay, like we don't have to do chemo anymore. With lobotomies, it's like, okay, just reattach their brainstem. It'll be just fine. No, you can't do that. It's not a vasectomy. No, snip, 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 snip. It's an office reference, Brandon. Good job. But yeah, it's weird that we did that. It's like, well, it's, it was better than not doing anything. And I'm like, that's nah, a pretty uh, contrarian. Uh, um, that's like one of those where it's like, oh, of course I'm going to dis. Like, you know, you you say something that everybody's going to agree with, so you obviously just have to disagree with it, that contrarian point of view that Brandon's really good at, like musically and film wise. That he just loves to take the opposite of everybody's opinion. It's just, it's just so cool and edgy, Brandon. You're so cool and edgy, bro. <sighs> How is it talking about lobotomies? It's the songs of the week time, man. The songs of the week provided to you by Diet Pepsi Cola. We'll see how long this episode stays up. We'll say that and then randomly get a check from Diet Pepsi for like $4 billion. Like, thank you for your... Like, oh, yeah, we forgot to give you your advertisement money. Like, shit, fake it till you make it. Am I right? Uh, let's see. Which songs are I going to start off with? Let's see. Let's start with the one I want to start listening to today. I want to thank the YouTube algorithm. I'm not a big algorithm guy. I think AI is stupid. I hate it. But it worked today. It worked. Maybe it was last night, but whatever. I listened to the song more today, I should say. So I was on YouTube, and I'm like, let me find something. Let me just go watch some video. Maybe I'm going to watch this about a movie review. Maybe I should watch this thing about Napoleon, the lost, uh, like, Stanley Kubrick idea for the Napoleon movie, which I'm not sure if that's what the movie Ridley Scott's made is based on, like Stanley Kubrick's script or not. I haven't looked into it that much, but I know Stanley Kubrick really wanted to make a Napoleon movie for a long time, and he had to buy special lenses for the sex scenes he was going to be shooting. Which sounds fascinating and very awesome. <laughs> he was going to have the, uh, who was it? Was it the Romanian? The Romanian government was going to provide 30,000 troops for the battle scenes. And it's like, as extras, like there's 30,000 troops. It's like, yeah, you're just going to take 30,000 Romanian troops and take them into Yugoslavia and nothing bad's going to happen. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Cooper had that pool, bro. Um, nah, but I was like, I got on YouTube and I saw like a thumbnail. I was like for this, like live in studio, like recording, like, no, like, uh, I can't KX something P and Seattle does this and a couple other like stations, like a lot of stations do it now, but they were like kind of the, one of the first big ones. Like it's almost like kind of like a tiny desk in a way, but obviously with more of an actual rock feel, uh, the basement in England does it. Um, and I was looking at it and I was like, is that Josh from red letter media? And I click on it, and it was. It was Josh from Red Letter Media. Um, I've talked about Red Letter Media a little bit here on the show. It's a YouTube channel. They do a lot of movie stuff. They'll watch like a lot of crappy old 80s movies, like in a wheel of the worst, where they like spin a wheel, and I got to watch these crappy movies. And it's a real fun channel. I agree with almost all their takes. That's really what I like about it. Like, I like they're able to articulate more about a film than I can because they know like film, like they've worked on films, they've studied film and all that stuff like that. So they're able to articulate their opinions far better than I do. And it's always like great because I'm like, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I just don't know how to say that in the correct like context or the correct terminology and stuff. So like, uh, like whenever they talk about Midnight Mass, I'm like, 
I was like, oh man, I don't know if I want to watch this. They maybe they rip it apart and I watch it and they literally like talk about how it's like the greatest thing ever. I'm like, thank you because it is the greatest thing ever. But whatever. Josh is one of the guys who works on that show. He pops in from time to time. But anyway, he's got a band. It's called If I Had a Hi Fi. All one word, uh, no spaces, just like Monster Eight the Pilot, except I put periods in between words instead of spaces. They don't do anything. But the song's called Gremlins on Demand. And I really like this. It's like this kind of an indie punk sound. A lot of fun. Just kind of a nice little driving. I like the little melody on the guitar as it goes through like the verses. Um, pretty simple song. Nothing overly on top, but I, I like the sounds of stuff. I like kind of that indie punkish sound. Um, kind of what's the best way? Who, who would I describe this with? I don't know. I wasn't thinking about that until right now. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not even sure who I'd just, like compare it to. There's probably so many bands I could compare it to. Like, you know, um, like, God, dude. Like, Built to Spill. Not, not even like Built to Spill. Kind of in those bands in that kind of era. Like, I, I'd take this as, like, a lot of late 90s stuff in that indie scene. I think they would be kind of very comparable to into what sound they're going for. I... I'm digging it, but you know, it's a, it's a simple song about kind of um, our society and its exploitation and stuff like that. And how it's harder to tell the difference of what is real and what's like phony um, point a weapon at the gym teacher as the film director yells cut exploitation has become vocation and I can't snap out of this rut. Like, yeah, you know what? That, that has become a thing. Like exploitation has become our vocation. Like we put a phone on it. Every freaking everything. I'm gonna try and catch myself every time I say the f bomb. I'm trying to catch it. Put myself on a seven second delay. You know, I'm trying to do it. We're gonna really try. We're really focused on this, but you never know. Probably forget about it in about three seconds. But yeah, that we know we put a phone in everything, and we gotta exploit everything at all times. Not just like ourselves individually, but just the machine in general. We gotta exploit everything, and it's just become everybody's job is to exploit, 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 not care about the humanity underneath it all, man. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. But it's a great song. It's a great track. I really enjoy it. I'm gonna to listen to more of them. Um, it looks like they did stuff like in the mid 2000s and kind of waited a while and then did something 2018, I think. Yeah, out of Milwaukee. I think that's where they're based out of Milwaukee, Chicago. Apparently. I saw this today that Portland has decided they're going to have to try to be more like Milwaukee. I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize Milwaukee was becoming like the new hipster heaven, but you know, because like, you know, downtown Portland's like just horrible. Like, you know, they've done like the open air drug stuff, which I don't hate the idea of it. I just don't know how I just don't, I've never looked into it enough to whether how well they're actually maintaining the drug like the legal drug zones. I don't know if sure if they even call them legal drugs. It's like Amsterdam from The Wire, like these open-air drug markets. There's a lot of good that can come from them. People can get help because, you know, a lot of like uh, social workers, uh, healthcare workers, mental health workers set up in those locations are able to hit, get people into programs to get themselves off drugs, off these addictive substances or into like, or just off the streets, even in, in like a lot of places, a lot of cases, I should say. Um, but also with how... Portland has decided that, you know, it's okay just to jack the rent up ungodly amounts. It's like, oh, hey, we're going to, you know, make your single bedroom apartment $4,000 a month. And, you know, 
fucking deal with it. That doesn't even include your utilities. Sorry, I said the F word. I just realized it. Um, Everybody's going to jack it up that that much, and then people are just vacating, and they have all this downtown space. These businesses can't afford the rent, so they've all vacated, so they have all these vacant buildings in their downtown area. And it's like, oh, so I guess now, I guess like Milwaukee's kind of got this weird thriving thing, so 20 years from now, Milwaukee will be unbearable to go to without a whole bunch of hipster dudes like, hey, you try my IPA, bro? And it's like, no, I don't. Put on some real shoes, not Birkenstocks, or these running socks that my buddy Dan would wear. Yeah, that's right, Dan. I called you out, buddy. <laughs> Whatever. You know? But cool. I do kind of want to go to Milwaukee. I remember I had a friend who lived there, and his car got bombed. Like, literally bombed. Like, Molotov cocktail bombed. In his driveway. And he had no idea why. Which is terrifying. <laughs> that was probably ten years ago. So I don't know how much has changed since then. Hopefully a lot. Uh, because you can't have that. Can't be having that going on. But yeah, Gremlins on Demand by If I Had a Hi-Fi. First song of the week. First song. First song of the week. I need to emulate. I need to use that more often. I think I need to use the vocal thing more often. Brandon's 10 million miles an hour. Brandon feels like he's on coke. Brandon keeps saying himself in the third term, the third person. So, whatever. <sighs> Where are we at? Let's get to song number two, man. Which one should I go with? Ooh. There's a band. I watched them at the Big Bar. I think it's called the Big Bar. Right? The Big Bar, like South Columbus. Just south of like the Brewery District. I watched them open up for Restorations, who I love. Um, I'd never heard this band before then, but I'm like, man, I kind of dig this. They had like a really cool kind of um, ethereal sound. They had this very spacious sound. Very kind of like synthy, like... The stuff he put on his guitars, the effects, made it very dreamy in a lot of ways. The songs, uh, the band's called Wild Pink. I think they're out of New York, if I'm thinking correctly. Um, this is off 2018's Yoke in the Fur, which I love, especially this time of year when it starts getting colder, especially when it snows. This is a great album for when it's like kind of slow and like snowing outside and you know you're not going anywhere. Open up the curtains, let that very bright, like, like snow light come into your like room especially if it's dark too like kind of probably like 7 p.m to 10 p.m when it's kind of dark especially if you got like nice little street light outside oh that'd be so cool and then just play this record especially this first song which is called burger hill um it is oh it is a great atmospheric song a great song for a time of year as well i think it's really cool when you can find songs that really can in, like kind of encapsulate a time of year or a certain environmental feeling. I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but kind of like um, it's real kind of on the nose. Dan Andriano's it's going to rain all day. That whole record is perfect for a rainy day because it's going to rain all day in spring. It's got to be in the spring. It can't be like in fall when it's raining. It's got to be like kind of like early, late, like late March, early April rain. On like a Sunday. That's the best time to listen to It's Gonna Rain All Day by Dan Andriano in the emergency room. So, it's weird. But yeah, this song kind of encapsulates, encapsulates that kind of feeling of like, kind of, um, maybe even like walking like snowy streets in December, January. And it's snowing. It's kind of darker out. It's cold. You kind of feel like all oh, the lights and you kind of just can 
reflect on things. You see your reflection off the snow. I don't know, man. And it encapsulates that so well. It captures that moment, that feeling. You know what I mean? That nostalgia of like you being out in the snow with something or going through something. I remember walking the streets of Portsmouth sometimes in the snow. Drunk, probably. And if I had this song then, man. Song I listened to a lot. Because Brandon would walk around drunk quite a bit back in those days. A lot of the time walking home, go back get his car the next day. Sometimes not getting his car for a couple days, actually. Because he was like, I am so hungover, I'm not moving today. True story. True story. And I don't even remember what I ate back then. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't go out to eat that often. I didn't, like, go to, like, McDonald's. I'm like, but what did I buy? Did I make myself sandwiches or something? Or, like, Tyson chicken tenders all the time? I don't even remember, dude. Jason still lives in that old apartment. And it's like... He's lived there longer than I did. I just, man, I'm so disconnected from it sometimes. Of like, what did I even do? How I don't. What did I? What did I even do? To exist? It's weird. Whatever, man. Anyway, Burger Hill by Wild Pink is the second song of the week. Uh, it's a great track. The band, I guess they. I don't know if they. I don't know if blowing up is the right term, but I mean, they've done some songs with Julian Baker, who's wonderfully talented, uh, part of like Boy Genius, has her own stuff. She does a wonderful cover of uh, Modern Leper by uh, Frightened Rabbit, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. I don't think I've ever talked about it on here. I know I've talked Frightened Rabbit, but I don't know if I've ever talked about the Modern Leper. Actually, I think I have. I'd have to go back and check it out. As Brandon continues to think he's going to work on the old podcast episodes. Um, that's a great song. It just, like I said, that everything, even like lyrically is this very dreamy and very spacious and very inviting. Like, it's not like sad. It's just like, it's got a very inviting welcome tone to the whole thing of it. And I really enjoy it. I like, uh, wild pink. I think I'm gonna listen to them a little bit more. They've released a couple of songs since then. They've done been doing this thing where they release songs named after States. They've released a song called Ohio. I haven't listened to it, but I'll check it out at some point. Maybe it'll be next week's song of the week. You never know. You never know. We're two songs in. What's up? Let's jump into song number three. Song number three is one of the hardest. It's probably the hardest song I've ever talked about on this podcast. Hard. It's the hardest song maybe ever. Maybe not ever, but it's a it's a pretty hardcore song. It's a uh, hip-hop song. I can't remember when the remix came out. Was it 2000? Maybe it's 99. Maybe it's like 2002. It's in that range, like 99 to 2002 in this range. It's a New York hardcore rap group called M.O.P. I can't remember what that means. I don't feel like looking it up. But this is the remix, which features Remy Ma and Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes, man. A unique character in the rap genre. Like, just a unique guy. He was kind of like Andre 3000 in a way, except kind of not quite as, I don't think... One, I don't think he's as good as Andre, because Andre's phenomenal. His new record is fun for what it was. I was really happy. Okay, we'll go on a little side tangent here about Andre 3000's new flute record. Um, I'm actually really happy he didn't release a rap album after all these years, because it just would have been a letdown. The fact that it was just so different, it was like this kind of jazzy in a way, flute, uh, instrumental record thing. It's like, huh, 
that's what Andre 3000 would release after all these years. <laughs> it's like perfect. It's perfect in a way. Um, I like quite a bit of what I've listened to of that. But yeah, like uh, Buster Rhymes is in that same kind of realm as Andre 3000 of this kind of weird oddity of a rap artist who was just completely different than what was going on. Also, he has like the speed chops. I'm not a huge speed rap fan, but Busta's really good at it. Nod your head. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, but this is Annie Up. And this has one of the most hype intros ever. You got these like horns like layering up. And it's just Busta comes in hard. And then the beat comes in and it's just as hard. And it's like, it is a song to get hyped on. It's a song to fight to. It's a song to, you know, ante up on, man. It's all about jacking fools, stealing their money, stealing their diamonds. Remy's talking about stealing Escalades. It is hardcore gangsta stuff. <laughs> it's one of my jams, dude. I love that song so much as a teenager. Uh, there's a fun, like, reel that's out there. It's like a dad and his son are, like, kind of sitting there. One, the son's eating cereal inside the car. I want to point out there's a whole It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode about this subject. But, like, it shows the beginning of the song, and the dad's getting all hyped. And then when, like, the beat comes in, he just, like, grabs his son and starts going wild. And then, like, when Busta Rhymes comes in, Busta Rhymes now, M.O.P. now. <laughs> what you want, what you want, what you want now. Oh, man. It is so hard. It's just one of those songs you just get goosebumps. Like, oh, man, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for this. Yeah. And then Remy Ma comes in and she kills her verse, man. She kills her verse. I've never listened to Remy that much, but she kills that verse. It is such an awesome song. It's dope. It's just in your face and it's just unforgiving and unrelenting. And it's just like every single like word is harder than the one before it. It's, oh, dude. Like I said, it's a song to run through a brick wall to. It's like, just do this. Let's go. Let's get the boys together. Let's get the crew together, man. Let's get the crew together and go rob people. <laughs> like the good old days, man, that I, we never did. But let's go do that now in our 30s. <laughs> it is such a track, man. Uh, it's the, it's the, it's the remix. It's not the Robin, I think the Robin Hood's remix, but it's the other remix, obviously with Busta and Remy. I remember the other original one, I think it was just MOP, if I'm thinking correctly, or maybe it had like Scarface on it. I can't remember anymore. I can't find that version anywhere. I can only find like the Robin, uh, Robin Hood's version and the Busta Rhymes version, but I can't find, I swear there's one with Scarface, but maybe I'm just dead wrong. I'm probably dead wrong. Maybe I'm conflating two songs into one. Um, but you know, Andy, uh, it's one of my favorite like rap tracks ever. It's just hard. It's just in your face hard. It's not going to stop. It's like, no, no, we ain't going to stop until we get every last diamond. Go and get them goddamn diamonds. Annie up. Jack that fool. Kidnap that fool. Yeah, dude. I'm getting hyped right now. I'm about to run through this computer screen to you. I'm reaching out right now to you at home or on your car on the way to work. Whatever. <laughs> Third song of the week. M.O.P. Busta Rhymes. Remy Ma. Annie Up. Oh, what a great track. And song number four is by one of my absolute favorite songwriters and artists and just enigmas out there and off one of my favorite records by him. Um, this is Tom Waits. It's off Rain Dogs. It's time 
the song is just called Time, man. And it is one of those, it's just a simple, like simple stuff. It's kind of in that same vein of Heart of Saturday Night or um, what's the, uh, there's another song on this record. Shoot. Uh, let me find it. It's the one where the girl with the star, like the, the stars in her eyes, uh, the sunshine in her eyes. Oh, come on. So it's that. Oh, I don't want the stupid TV show. And I put in Rain Dogs. I'm expecting Tom Waits. I think the TV show is pretty good. I'm not going to be mean about it, but you know. Downtown Trains on this record as well. Uh, Ninth and Hennepin. Yeah, that's right. Where's the song at? Oh, anywhere I lay my head. Oh my god. I love that song. I'm thinking of a song off Small Change, by the way. <laughs> So my bad. Yeah. I was thinking of a wrong I was thinking of a song off a different record to immediately look up Rain Dogs, but then I saw like five other songs. I'm like, oh yeah. But man, anywhere I lay my head, that's when he comes barking out the gates. What a song. But this is time. Time is one of the dude. It's just one of those like listening to it today. Like I hadn't listened to it in so freaking long. I really hadn't. I can't remember the last time I listened to uh Rain Dogs as a whole. And I was just listening to Rain Dogs. And this song came on. It's one of those where I'm just kind of like, I'm really hitting the, like the lyrics are just connecting with me. And it's like every next line, I'm like spinning in my chair. I'm like, damn it. This is such a wonderfully written song. It is such a great song. Every single line is painting this beautiful picture. It's just this oil painting. It's a, like a Mona Lisa type song. It's just perfection. Every single line is perfection. It's just, telling its story, it's breaking your heart, it's making you think about things you've never thought about, or just think about things you don't want to think about, or just are not ready to think about in a way. I don't know. It's just such a wonderful song. Ah, uh, Just every, every line. Every line. Uh, but especially, uh, he talks about it's like in that first line. He talks like, uh, you're east of East St. Louis, and the wind is making speeches and the rain sounds like a round of applause. And it's like, Oh, Ooh, that is a way to, to set a scene. That's describing something deep there. <laughs> like just, you know, that the wind is making speeches like, you know, hearing the voices in the wind or whatever, or, you know, you're just hearing it, that rain is a sound of applause. It's like, Oh, wow, man. Tom could write some good stuff. He starts talking about like memories and stuff in that second one. They all pretend they're orphans and their memories like a train. You can see it getting smaller as it pulls away. Oh. Oh, man. That's one that cuts deep. It cuts deep, everybody. I'm cut deep. Ooh, baby. And the things you can't remember tell the things you can't forget that history puts a saint in every dream. The things you can't remember tell the things you can't forget. Oh. Jesus. Jesus. That is... That is punch my chair. That is wonderful. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, man. And it's time, 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 and it's time, time, time. And it's time, time, time that you love. And it's time, time, time. Damn. 
Tom Waits is just, I mean, we can all, you could talk about, you know, just how different and just a character and just the, you know what I mean? He's just different. He's Springsteen. Springsteen didn't focus on hope. <laughs> you know, he's all about the underbelly society. He's all about the losers and the never bins, not the has bins, man. The never bins. Those are some of the best characters to write about. The never bins. The guys who have done it for so long but never had the chance to make it out. And that's what Tom Waits focuses on. And it's, oh my God, it's so wonderful. It's so great. It's the best ever. I'm really into this song. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I. It's just. Man, Rain Dogs is perfect. It's a perfect record. Uh, it's one of those absolute just perfect records. It's all the. It's like you're starting to hear, like the oddities, the oddity part of Tom Waits start to come out quite a bit. Like, uh, no, it's actually second. I'm. Which one am I thinking of? I can't remember. I think Heart Attack and Mine, right? Yeah, because this, this is after Swordfish and Trom- Swordfish Trombones. What year am I thinking? Rain Dogs came out. I'm being dumb. But yeah, this came out in '85. So this is, you're in the little bit more of the odd, jazzy, folky thing of whatever Tom Waits' Americana experimental jazz shit that Tom Waits had got into. Ah, it is, it's one of the all-timers in terms of just great records. Like, one of the true all-timers. Oh, but that's song number four, and that is the songs of the week. So we had four songs this week. Maybe Brandon will start doing more songs. So we had... Gremlins on Demand by If I Had a Hi-Fi. I had Burger Hill by Wild Pink. I had Annie Up by M.O.P. featuring Busta Rhymes and Remy Ma. And then last, but definitely not least in the slightest, we got Time from Tom Waits. It's a great group of songs. It's a great group of songs. It's been a great night. So let's get into the last bit of the night and let's get out of here. We got the Lost Rewatch. It is time for... The Lost Odyssey Rewatch Fun Time Get Down Together. It's not a great name for the segment. But Brandon's so late in the game, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm not going to come up with a cool segment name for it when I have like 10 episodes left. (laughs) Episode, I'm sorry, Season 6, Episode 5. We have Lighthouse. This focuses on Jack. In the uh, sideways, Jack is dealing with a son played by a kid who will end up being in another show. And I think some other shows since then, that's it, I guess. Um, he's still dealing with the fact that he can't find his father. Um, he goes and picks up his son. He was late. He thought, he's like, I thought I had time to change. His son doesn't like talk to him. He's like, oh, wait, the brother. And, you know, then he gets pulled away. It's obviously just kind of like, like kind of in the same way, like the distance between his father and himself. And like it's just it, it's it's good. I like this. It's just um I don't know. It's the whole problem with the sideways. It doesn't fucking matter. Um <laughs> it's it's where Jack working through father issues, which has been Jack's character for the entire show. Which is why in season five in that final episode in the finale when he meets Jacob and it's right after Christian's like, Are you sure it's not me who believes in you? And it's like, ooh, that's the crux of Jack right there. <laughs> Jack put all of his issues onto his father about his own issues and how like basically his dad demanded perfection from him. Uh, but yeah, he gets home, you know, and she's like, uh, Oh, he goes and sees his mom and because they're looking through the will and he's like, you know, D- my son, David seems so terrified of me. And his mom's like, are you sure he's terrified of you or no? 
reverse that. That she suggests that David is terrified of Jack. He's like, why? And it's just like, you know. But then they find out that Claire Littleton is on the will. And they're like, ugh. And then, you know, Jack goes home. Dylan snuck out to go to a piano recital. And um, Jack didn't even know he still played the piano. And he's playing, uh, which song is it? Chopin's Fantasy Impromptu on the piano. I said it that way for some reason. And also, he runs into Dogen there in the flash sideways. <gasps> and he's there with a the son, which will be kind of cool in the next episode. Um, then he talks to David, and David admits, he's like, you know, I always hated when you'd watch me play because it just felt like you were demanding perfection of him. And he's so, like, scared of letting Jack down. And Jack's like, like, you can never disappoint me. I love you no matter what. You know, it's like, you're never going, like, even if you fail, you won't disappoint me. Like, you're perfect in my eyes. And they seem to kind of reconcile their stuff right there. It's cool. Anyways, back on the island. Jen has been rescued by uh, Claire from her trap. She takes him to her little tent thing. Uh, she drags the Justin guy in there who was pretending to be dead. Claire is an absolute basket case. And uh, it's fun. She has, like, a weird little doll thing in her crib for an errand substitute. She wants to kill Justin because Justin has her baby. And it's a horrible Australian accent, by the way. It was really bad. It was embarrassing, even. Um, but yeah, so she's like, and Justin's like, we don't have your baby. And then she's about to, like, chop him with a fucking axe. Sorry. And um, Jen's like, oh, Kate took your baby. And then she seems like to reconcile it. And then Justin's like, you know, just let me go. I won't tell anybody I saw you. Then she just goes ahead and chops him in the stomach anyway with the axe and kills Justin, the weirdly named other. And then afterwards, she's like, um, I can't remember how, but Jen's like, actually, they do have your baby. He's like, why did you tell me Kate had your baby? He's like, I was trying to get you not to kill him. And she was like, that's good, because if Kate really took my baby, I'd kill her. And it's like, ugh. And then Locke shows up. And earlier in the episode, uh, Jen's like, have you been out here by yourself the entire time? He's like, no, my dad's been here and my friend. And then when Locke shows up, she's, he's like, John? She's like, that's not John. That's my friend. And it's like, Claire is in a literal basket case at this point, which she would be. She's been living by herself for three years. But Rousseau seemed to have it a little bit more put together than Claire does. Claire's completely off her rocker. <laughs> in the temple, that's the main crux of the show. There's some fun stuff here. I don't hate this episode that much. I think it's good overall. It's fun. There's some like really good stuff with Hurley and Jack that I really enjoy. Um, Hurley and Miles are playing tic-tac-toe because what else are they freaking doing? You know, what else we got to do in the final season of Lost? Play tic-tac-toe. Then he's, Hurley's like, oh, are you hungry? And like, yeah. So he goes in. He's like, hey, man, is there like a kitchen around here? Some guy at the pool. And it's Jacob. The ghost of Jacob's there. And he's like, okay, I need you to take Jack to this place. And he has it all written out on his arm. And eventually Jack gets to convince to go. And as they go out, what I don't like here is that there's a whole, apparently this really secure temple has like 10 billion like entrances in it that apparently are a lot of secret to everybody. Cause Hurley and Jack know one. I think uh, Jin knew one. I like all these people knew these different entrances to the temple. It was, it was weird. Like Alana and Ben. It's just like, it's just weird. <laughs> it's like, Oh, this, this place is not secure at all. But whatever. Um, 
Dogen confronts him and Hurley's like, I'm a candidate. He's like, how do you know about that? And Jacob won't let him say anything, so whatever. They find Kate, and Kate's like, uh, she doesn't want to go to the temple. She wants to find Claire. Um, and they can't, and Jack wants him to go, and Hurley's like, she's not going because Jacob doesn't want her to go. Mm. And Jack's like, she's invited. And Kate's like, I don't care. I'm just going to go find Claire. Leave me alone, weirdo. Anyway, they start walking, and then they find an inhaler on the ground, which is Shannon's, and they realize they're at the caves, and they go talk to Adam and Eve skeletons, the skeletons from way back in season one. And um, Hurley's like, what happens if we time travel again, and these bodies are us? And it's like, oh, what? It's not what happens, but whatever. Anyway, um, Jack and Hurley, Jack starts staring at the uh, coffin, of his father that he destroyed. And uh, he's like, do you ever know how I found these caves? He's like, I was chasing the ghost of my dead father. And he's like, why'd you smash his coffin? He's like, because he wasn't in there. And he walks away. And I was like, man, yep. That's exactly what happened in White Rabbit in season one. Then they get to a lighthouse. And this is the one thing I don't like about the episode. I mean, lighthouse is big. And Jack says the obvious, like, how did we never find this? And Hurley's like, maybe we weren't looking for it. And he's like, Ugh. That's the dumb magic stuff I hate sometimes. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of meh. But they get there and Hurley's like, oh, we need to get the dial to 108. And as they're going, every single time they pass like certain numbers, Jack can see something in the uh, in the lighthouse mirrors because it doesn't have like flames or lights. It has like a mirror to reflect the sun because they need to direct somebody to the island. That's the whole key. That's what Jake's like. People are on their way to the island. We need to help them find it. So um, as they're going through, he sees like a Japanese, basically the Japanese building. I'm not sorry. I'm not Japanese. My apologies. Korean building that like son of Jen got married at. Then he sees like the church that he talked to Sawyer at. And then he sees his own house. Oh, he's like, get out of my way. And he spins it to his own name because uh, all their names are written there. And he sees uh, his own house. They haven't lived there since a kid. So he gets like kind of flip, freaking out about it. He's like, he's been watching me since I was like a kid. Like, you know, he's like, you know, this whole predetermined path that Jack's still kind of wrestling with the idea of his, like faith, not faith, fate and like his own um, free will and stuff like that. He's still wrestling with those ideas. And he's like, where's Jacob at? And he's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he just kind of just like, well, get him here. He's like, that's not how it works. He just shows up when he wants to. So Jack gets pissed and destroys all the mirrors. And then outside, Jacob reappears, and Hurley's like, what happened, dude? That's not cool, man. And um, he realizes that Jacob wanted Jack to see what's in the lighthouse because it's basically he needs, like, uh, you know, so he needs to, like, he needs to see that so he can start to understand his purpose. And, like, you know, Jack's staring out at the ocean, and he's like, okay, and, like, uh, Jacob's like, you know, also I needed to get you two away from the temple because someone bad's showing up. This is one of the only times I didn't really like Mark Pellegrino. Someone's coming. Someone bad. And it's like, Ugh. it's not his fault. That's his bad writing. Some, someone's coming. Someone bad. It's like, Ugh. it's gross. It's just a weird line, and it's just, it's a bad line. It's just a bad written, it's a badly written line. <laughs> um... I like this episode overall. There's not a whole lot to it. It's a little transition episode. It gets Hurley and uh, Jack away from the temple for what's to happen in Sundown. Um, you get kind of more of the Claire stuff, though, I mean, really, whatever. 
There's a little bit with Saeed here, if I'm thinking correctly. Oh, yeah, Jack had told Saeed that it's poison, which sets up the next episode. Um, it's just... Meh. It's it's a fine episode. I'd give it like a C plus B minus. My favorite part was Hurley and Jack walking through the uh, jungle, and Hurley is like, you know, like just like old times, us walking through the jungle, doing something we don't really understand why. <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, some good throwback shit here. I love it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I enjoyed the episode Sundown. Like I think uh, I always like seeing Pellegrino. Obviously, as Jacob, I like his dynamic with Hurley. Um, you know, I don't like the lighthouse idea. I think there's other ways you could have set this up besides having this big giant lighthouse. Um, Jacob non-bothered that it got destroyed. And it's like, oh, they'll find another way. And it's like, whatever. And then the same thing of like the shrinking island. They leave, like, Hurley's a big guy. I'm not doing, I'm not saying anything bad about him, but he's not going to move very quickly. Traipsing across the jungle in the South Pacific. But they make it from the temple to the caves to this lighthouse. And it's like, apparently the caves were like a hop skip away from the temple. How'd they never find the temple? It's just the shrinking island. It's just, it's the same issue. I mean, Game of Thrones is also notoriously bad about the shrinking continent. It used to take, it took like fucking weeks for him to go from like, oh, um, Winterfell to King's Landing and then in last and then season seven there's an episode where Renly runs from right Renly Grin, Gendry runs from like way north of the wall to the wall sends a raven all the way to Dragonstone which is like the southern part of the continent or like kind of really close to the southern part of the continent and gets Danny to fly her dragon all the way up to the wall north of the wall like all within like probably like two hours of itself it's so stupid but whatever I can go into a big destruction of Game of Thrones and how that's the one of the worst catastrophes ever on another show I'll do it here but at the same time I get it it's like you know you've got stuff you gotta get done you can't really be wasting that much time I can go I'm gonna go into it at the end of season six about so many problems that I think season five calls season six to have. But I think overall, like I said, in, in the whole bottle of the episode, like the bottle, not the bottle episode, it's the whole in a vacuum. It's a good episode. It's well acted. I like the dynamic between uh, David and Jack. I like the Dogen scene in the flash sideways. Like there's so many things about the flash sideways. I like, it's just the pointlessness of it is kind of a pain. Um, anyways, let's move on to season episode six which would be the best episode of the season so far. This is Sundown. This is a Saeed episode. Um, it's got some, like, one of the endings parts of this is one of the best, like, looks and kind of the feeling of it is one of the best things the show ever did. I love the ending in this episode. It's got, like, this dark feeling of just, like, ugh. They don't capitalize on it. That's just the sad part, but it's such a cool part. But we're starting to flash sideways. You got Saeed shows up at home, knocks on the door, and uh, Nadia opens the door, and they kiss on the cheek. And then here comes Saeed's brother, and Saeed's brother had married Nadia. And, huh, that sucks. But whatever. Um, and then it's obvious Saeed's in love with Nadia, even though she's married to his brother. It's kind of shitty from Saeed. You know what I mean? It's pretty shitty for you to try to want to get with your brother's wife, man. It's really weird, bro. Why would you do that, man? But whatever. Um, throughout the episode, you find out Omer had taken out a business, like taken out a loan to start his business from a loan shark. 
And um, even though he paid it all back, they said, well, as long as you own the business, you owe us money. And it's like, ooh, some loan shark business right there, man. I should have been a loan shark. I should have been. Would have been so cool. Break a few fingers now and then. Maybe snap a kneecap. Oh, been dope. I've been so good at it. So good at it. You know? But whatever. Eventually, Omar gets beat up. And he's in the hospital. And uh, old Saeed's like, I'll take care of it. And I'm just like, don't worry about it. This is his problem. Um, and Saeed, you know, he'd ask Saeed to maybe take care of it. Saeed's like, I'm no longer that person. I'm not that person. And like, Nadja's like, you know, why? Why, when it's so obvious you were in love with me, did you push me towards your brother? And Saeed's like, all the things I did. for I've spent the last 10 years washing my hands of all the things I did. And basically, I don't deserve you because I'm not a good person. And it's really... Naveen Andrews is really great here. This has been the problem with Saeed, is that the episodes where they actually focus on Saeed, he's really good. But then he just kind of flutters away. <laughs> then he's not doing much. Because that's what happens from this on point. He does this big thing in this episode, and then he doesn't really do shit until it's time to die. And it's the... Eh, mm, eh, whatever. We'll get there. Um, but then he gets picked up and it's by a guy that we uh, know as Omar from season four. He gets there and he walks into this kitchen. There's a guy cooking something up and he's like, Hey, you want some eggs? And he's got that voice that I tried to do that one time. And it was bad. It's like kind of talking behind his teeth. He turns around. He's like, uh, he's like, you can make them any way you like over easy scrambled. He's like, get that poacher, poacher mean egg. It's Kimi, Martin Kimi back in the flash sideways. It was great. He starts talking to Saeed. He's like, man, we're going to... It's like, we need that money. We got to get that money somehow. Just because he's in the hospital is not his problem. He's like, man, he got mugged outside of his shop. What a horrible thing. And Saeed's like, you guys did it. He's like, why would I do that? You know? Why would I do such a thing? And then he's like, uh, he's like you seem like a man directly to the point. And then uh, after they get done talking, great scene, because Martin Kimi's there. Kevin Durant, top notch. Super best, one of the best people on the show. Um, Saeed hits Omar. Omar, I should say. That's that's the problem with this episode. There's Omar and there's Omar. And it's like, ah! <laughs> uh, he gets behind Omar. The guy who's like beside Kimi shoots and shoots Omar dead. Um, Saeed's able to get Omar's gun, shoot that guy, the guard dead. And then he's got the gun on Kimi. Kimi's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, come on, man. I'm Martin Kimi. You can't do this to me, dude. You can't do this to me, dog. And um, he's like, you know, it's all forgiven. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We're all good. And he's like, just, you know, basically, can you forgive me? And, and like, so he's got the gun. He's like, I can't. And just shoots him dead. Kills Kimi. And then he hears some rustling from a freezer. And he runs over and he opens it up. Rips the tape off the dude's mouth. It's Jen. And he's like, who are you? And Jen's like, no English. And that's how the sideways ends. I can't remember where this is going. That's what's the most intriguing part for me for the flash sideways that so much of it has like vanished from my memory. Like I completely forgot that Nadja was with Saeed's brother. I completely forgot about Jin at the end of this episode. Like I knew the Kimi stuff. I, I didn't think it happened this episode for some reason. I thought it happened in the Sawyer episode for some reason. I thought Sawyer killed him, but whatever. Um, that is it's fresh. It is kind of fresh. It's kind of cool to see where it, I know where it all leads, but yeah. But in the original timeline, Saeed confronts Dogen about the pill. 
And Dogen's like, you're an evil man. And then there's one thing that should tip you off that Saeed is different and not Saeed so much anymore. Saeed is like, I'm a good person. He says he's, I'm a good person. He says that exact phrase, I'm a good person. Saeed never believed he was a good person. He knew he had done wrong things that he should never be forgiven for. He did that in that, um, I think it's Inter 77 in the episode in season three where he gets kidnapped uh, by someone he tortured's husband. And like, he keeps refusing to like admit it. And he's like, you know, then at the end he doesn't admit it. He's like, I've been trying to wipe the memory of what I've done to you away. He's somebody who's never forgiven himself. So for him to say that I'm a good person should have tipped off. Everybody's like, this is not Saeed anymore. Um, old uh, man in black flock has shown up with Claire. He sends Claire into the temple and uh, she goes in. He was like, um, she's like, you know, you guys gotta like, um, he wants to talk to you talking to Dogen. Dogen won't do it. So he's like, I'm going to send Saeed out there. Give him this, gives him a blade. He's like, stab him in the heart and you'll be able to kill him. And then you'll prove that you're a good person. So Saeed goes out there and he does that. But then Locke just pulls the knife out. He's like, why would you do something like that? Doesn't kill him because Dogen had the idea of basically killing two birds with one stone, getting rid of Saeed and then having Saeed killed. So he couldn't join the man in black. But that backfires because it doesn't kill him. And then Man Black starts talking to him and convinces him that, you know, he he knew he was going to secede. He's going to get himself killed. So basically gets Saeed to join him in that way. So he goes back and tells everybody at the temple, you know, you have until sundown to leave. If you don't, he's going to kill you all. And everybody's running around going crazy. Like Cindy's wanting to leave with the kids. Lennon's walking around. It's like, you can't get in. You can't get in, guys. It's a bluff, guys. It's a bluff. You know? There's something else here. Oh, and then Saeed's talking to um, Miles, and he says something's like, you know, these people saved my life, now they want to kill me. And Miles is like, no, they didn't. Like, they tried to bring you back, but you were dead. It's like, for two hours, you were gone. Because there's that, and I think, uh, yeah, in LAX, I can't remember part one or two, um, Miles is sitting over Saeed's body, and he's got like this like kind of weird look on his face because he knows that Saeed's dead and then Saeed comes back and it's like, he's like, they was like, when you sat up, they were just as shocked as all of us. Like, you know, after the panic, Kate shows back up looking for Claire because, uh, she had ran into gin. Right. No, she just came back to the temple. After saying she was not going to go back to the temple, she goes back to the temple. Whatever. She runs into Miles. And Miles like, yeah, I went after uh, old Sawyer as well, but he just would have berated me until I left. He's like, that's probably what happened to you, right? She's like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, by the way, that Australian chick's back. And she's like, Claire? He's like, yeah, still pretty hot. <laughs> My guy, Miles. Um, so she goes to talk to him. And Lennon's like, you know, you got two minutes. And she goes like, oh, hey, Kate. And like, um, you know, she's being all crazy. He's like, oh, I'm trying to find Aaron. And, Aaron. and Kate's like, no, I took Aaron off the island. And Claire's got this crazy look on her face because she's crazy. And it's like, what? And she's like, yeah, I took him off the island. He's great. He's the best. He's so wonderful. And then um, after the whole chaos stuff, Dogen's playing with his baseball. Because early in the episode, I forgot to mention, Saeed and Dogen got into a fist fight. Dogen gets the better of him. He's about to kill him. But then this baseball falls from a table and he can't do it. He can't bring himself to do it whatever. He's like, go, you're banished. So then like they're there and he's got the baseball in his hand at the pool. 
And he tells Saeed like how basically he came to the island is that he got this great job when he was a banker and he went out with his friends to party, like celebrating. He got drunk. He picked up his kid from school and got into an accident on the way home. He survived, but his son did not. But then this man showed up and said he could save his son, but the only caveat is he could never see him again because he has to come to this island to protect it. So that's how Dogen met Jacob. And Saeed's like, he sounds like he drives a hard bargain, you know? And it's basically Dogen's redemption here and like his own penance is why he's here. He's in his own kind of purgatory penance area where, you know, he did this horrible thing to the person he loved the most, who we met in the last episode of Lighthouse, which is kind of cool. Um, and now it's like to basically save his son's life, he could never long, no longer be a part of his life. It's good, man. If Dogen would have been introduced in season five, holy shit, would this have been a great moment. You could have had a little bit more of the baseball last season and like really finally found out what it is. But anyway. Um, what does Saeed say? I can't remember exactly what Saeed says here. But they're talking and he's like, oh, um, it's sundown. You know, Dogen looks out and like, it is sundown. He's like, have you made your choice? I think that's what he says. Like, have you made your choice? And Saeed's like, will you stay or go? Yeah, he's like, have you made your choice? Will you stay or go? And Saeed's like, I think I'd like to stay. And then he grabs Dogen and they like they jump into the pool and Saeed holds him underwater and kills him. So he drowns Dogen. Dogen's dead. Lennon comes walking in and is like, what have you done? Like He was the only thing keeping it out. It's like, you, you're an idiot. It's like, what have you done? You've killed us. And then Saeed takes the dagger and blah, slashes Lennon and throws him in the pool and kills him as well. And then you hear the monster and the monster bursts in and starts wreaking havoc. Uh, Kate tries to go get uh, Claire out. Claire's like, no, it's safer here. And then Kate barely gets out of the way of the monster and goes down to the hole where Claire's at and is saved. Miles is flipping out and like, you know, eventually about to run through like the door's trying to get open. And here comes Alana. Alana's here. And so is Lapidus. And we have the short little reunion of Lapidus and Miles. And it's cool. And then there's Ben. And Ben's like, I'll go get Saeed. So he goes running in there and he finds Saeed sitting at the pool with the dead bodies in the pool. And Saeed's like, and Ben's like, hey, we can get out of here, Saeed. He's like, no, nah, I'm fine here. And like, just has this crazy look in his eyes. It's Naveen Andrews is great in this episode. He's creepy. You can see he completely like given into this darkness that they were talking about, the sickness, this infection that they've been talking about, whatever got Claire. That's now in like, uh, Saeed is now, yeah, wholeheartedly taking hold of him. And it's really cool. But then they get out, uh, Lana, son. Oh, and, Miles mentions the son that, you know, Jin didn't find you yet. Blah, blah, blah. So they go looking. They flew through the secret passage. And then it cuts to some of, one of the best shots in the entire show. It's a slow motion shot of Saeed and Claire and Kate, like, walking. While Claire, and like, there's, like, the piano is playing Catch a Falling Star. And you had just, like, I had to turn it up just to hear Claire kind of singing the Catching Falling Star is really slow and it's creepy as they walk past all the carnage and the temple massacre that just happened. And they walk out the door. There's Locke. Locke sees them. He gives them little head nods. And then he sees Kate and gives this little quizzical look at Kate still being there. And they start walking off and boom. Lost. This is the best episode of the season so far. Uh, right there probably with LAX. Like first LAX episode. Um, like I said, that closing sequence is really good. Um, my biggest issues 
is obviously we should have had we should have already been to the temple last at the season. We did not need Dharma. We did not need Dharma at all. Like it's just it was just such a needless distraction. We didn't need to know about the incident. We didn't need to know all that. Everything that's a big issue with the on island stuff in season six could have been fixed with a better season five. Season five does all the harm to season six on island stuff. Like the, you know, how many episodes we went without getting anything about from Alana, not seeing Sun or Ben and Locke even. Like we didn't see any of those people for long stretches. Like it's just, you know. And by the way, this is two episodes without Sawyer. <laughs> two straight episodes, no Sawyer. Oh, they did not balance the casting as well in the later seasons. I've talked about that at length. But yeah, like if season five, like I said, even like fixing it, I've talked about it. If instead of Sawyer, or Saeed going back and shooting Ben, he could have went back and ended up at the temple. And we could have found out more about the what the others are, who they are, and like the whole Jacob and how that mythology kind of works and why why it works. It could have put more stakes into what's going on. Instead, we got a six episode arc of the temple, which is not nearly enough when we spent five seasons. So intrigued about who the others are and what they are. And we just get there and they're just normal kind of normal people that Jacob brought to the Island. Like it's a little bit better than finding out there are people who live in a little town on the Island and they have book club and stuff like that. But it's just, mm, it's, it's underwhelming. But like I said, everything in a vacuum is good. I really like Naveen Andrews in this episode. I like the closing sequence so much. It's so fucking good. And then I, it's just, eh. it's frustrating. Because after this, Saeed doesn't do much of anything. Like, at all. You think he's going to become some crazy fucking hitman. By the way, what happened to like last season when Ben Linus is not, he's like, you try to hurt Ben Locke. He's like, you were supposed to be at Locke's side at all times when his, uh, the monster came back as Ben's daughter, as, as, uh, Alex. Now Ben's like, just like running away, like, whatever. It's, it's whatever. There's issues. We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there about a lot of the issues in this season. But, you know, we gotta take the good though. That should be everything from the lost episode, right? We've got two more episodes next week. We've got, Dr. Linus in Recon? Yes. Damn. Good job. Good job. Yeah, so Dr. Linus and Recon are the next two episodes. We'll go over those next week. As we continue, as we press forward into the final stretch of Lost. So I hope you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying watching these episodes because I haven't seen them in so freaking long. Am I screwing up my headphones here? What's happening? I don't know what's happening. Whatever. What's happening? I'm only hearing from one side. That's not good, is it? Hmm. What's happening here? Whatever. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, understanding all the fun stuff. If you've liked what you've heard, spread the good word. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster 8 the Pilot. Uh, You can watch the video on Spotify. You can do all that fun stuff if you're so inclined to. I have really screwed these headphones up, haven't I? Somebody was commenting about how much they love my headphones. And now, I think they're falling apart. Only one side is working. Uh, Let's see if I can fix these. Anyways, I'll be back uh, Thursday to talk about Liverpool Man City. I'll talk about the crew. We'll preview the Eastern Conference Finals of the MLS with Cincinnati versus Columbus. Hell is real in the playoffs. I hope you're as ready for it as I am. Yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, understanding all the fun stuff. Um, Yeah, whatever, man. 10-4, daddy-o. 
let's get the hell on out of here.